podcast with Ian McKenzie. My name's Holly and I'm very pleased to welcome Anthony Codling for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us Anthony. Pleasure, thank you for the invite. Now Ian you actually brought Anthony to the stage at our Guild conference in March didn't you? Well annoyingly for me he was better than me on stage <laughs> um, and the feedback that I had from I think everybody in the room was wow what a presentation by a, a guy that really knows his subject. He made Uh, economic matters that on the surface could be really boring actually really fun and really engaging and they were blown away by him hence why we asked him to come on here Holly isn't that right exactly yeah I was actually in the room as well for that part of the conference and you were fantastic Anthony so thank you for agreeing to come back today I feel under complete pressure now (laughs) (laughs) well you absolutely are under pressure so Anthony (laughs) let's let's get into it so we met quite a few years ago didn't we we did yep um, when you were the MD of Jefferies, the investment bank. Yep. And you were you 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 used to go on TV and all around the world, and you were talking about the housing market. So you probably are, in my opinion, the leading voice from an economic perspective on the property sector. Would you agree with that? Would you? T- I mean, what, what? How would you respond to that? Well, it's, that's that's very nice of you to say so, Ian. Um, I would say I'm one of a number of people who like to talk about the housing market. And um, yeah, with my background in kind of numbers and, and stats, I try and, yeah, I, I try and make, I try and, I like that. I try and make dull stats interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that sort of links into your mm-hmm. background. We're gonna talk about Twindig in a bit because mm-hmm. I'm fascinated about Twindig. Um, and I think that the listeners really do actually need to understand what it's all about because it's definitely the future direction of travel for the industry. Um, but you haven't always been an analyst, have you? You you actually, I mean, the reason you're so good on stage is that you had a bit of a uh, an unusual background. Yeah, I was a I was a, a lion tamer um, for a bit, <laughs> um, which was which is kind of really exciting but dangerous. Um, and um, then I became an accountant, um, which was not dangerous but not very exciting. And um, then. I think what you're alluding to, Ian, yeah. is I I did do a spell as um, a stand-up comedian, you and um, I was so good that I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, so comedy and accountancy really goes in hand in hand, doesn't it, Anthony? Exactly. I mean, accountants probably the most fun you can have of an evening with a bunch of accountants. <laughs> so, tell, anyway, apart from that, tell us all about you. Tell us, uh, you know, why you love analysing the housing market in the way that you do. Yeah, I mean, actually, that that does take me back to um, accountancy. So I, I would say that housing has actually shaped my career. Right, so I did, I did, I wasn't a lion tamer. Um, I, I did start my career as um, uh, an accountant and did the exams and, and qualified. And when I qualified, and it pains me to say this, you know, almost, almost 25 years ago, um, I thought I should get on the housing ladder, um, but I couldn't afford to. And so I thought, okay, I need to become a partner in this firm as quickly as possible because they're the guys who earn and girls who earn the big bucks. And um, but, but then I looked at what a junior partner earns, and this was a big, a big accountancy firm. And at the time, that would have bought me a two-bed flat in Zone 3 in London. And, you know, that was not the dream that I had worked hard to live. So at that time, 25 years ago, I thought, okay, either house prices need to fall or I need to change jobs. 
and I thought I can't really control house prices so I will I will change jobs and um, that was the decision I made and because I'm a numbers man I looked at where I could I mean I'm so you know shallow I looked at where I thought I could earn the most money and that turned out to be the noble art of investment banking and so um worked hard to get into investment banking and there I focused um on the housing market which was great so my kind of love of numbers and love of housing kind of all came all came together and you know one of the reasons I'm so bullish on housing is 25 years 25 years later we still haven't had that correction you know and we've had every opportunity for the housing market to correct you know, most notably the global financial crisis 2008-9 and it, if it's not going to happen then you know I don't think it's going to happen and I can I can bore you in more detail on reasons why I don't think it's going to happen but yeah but I am going to explore some of the behavior of the housing market recently because it's pretty much in the western world it's behaved um very very um perversely to the to the pandemic and the world that we're in isn't it so but before I do let's go just talk about the conference so at the conference you showed some magnificent slides and, and of course on the podcast we can't show those slides now but there were two that really stood out um, to me in particular. One was that since 1931, there's been 16 years of house price decline. Could, that's right, isn't it? That yeah, 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 side. yeah, absolutely. And every other year, the house prices have gone up. Wow. I mean, that's just remarkable in itself. And the other one that really stood out to me, and I know that Guild members actually use this as, as part of their presentation pitch. Why? Because I've suggested that they do. <laughs> It's the graph that it's the graph with lots of dots on it, and again, it's not very good from a for a podcast to talk about it. But it's the graph with lots of dots on it that talk about transactional volume versus inflation rates. Could you just talk us through that one in terms of the correlation? Yeah, sure. So as a as a as a numbers geek, geek, it just looks like um, a square with dots all over the place. And you look at that and you think, well, there's no there's no discernible pattern there. It just looks like random dots. And and that's the point that there's that there's no correlation uh, between um, underlying bank rate, as we call it, so the the Bank of England bank rates and the number of mortgage approvals, which is the the, the huge lead indicator for housing transactions. So when when um, when mortgage rates were fifteen percent there was more mortgage approvals than there were during the pandemic, right? And so we all, we all worry that, that mortgage rates are going up and they are going up, but it's, you know, there's so little uh, relationship between the cost of a mortgage and how many housing transactions there are. And wow. it always, it's one of my favorite, sad, one of my favorite charts because it it's, goes against what everyone would think would be the case. So the highest of all time is when the interest rates were at 8.5% from memory. Well, but your bank bank rate got to fifteen and a half percent during the ERM crisis, so kind of around ninety two, um, which was. I was I was trading then, and I was an estate agent, <laughs> and I bought a house then as well. There well, you go, and yeah. look at you now. You see, it was the right thing to do. <laughs> so, so what is the relationship? What really drives transactional volume? So there's there's two things I think that really drive it. Um, one is the need to move. Right. And I, I think that's about half of housing transactions in a, in a normalized market. So so that's where, you know, you're in a you're in a one bed flat and you have your second child or you've changed jobs or there's a change in family circumstances. And at those points in time, it doesn't matter what's going on in the broader economy. If, if you have to move, you have to move. Right. And that, you know, that's all your focus. You're not really worried about what's going on at a macro macroeconomic level. The other half of the moves are aspirational moves 
So it's where, you know, either your friends have moved, your family have moved, or you've got a pay rise, you'd like a bigger house, you know, you'd like to move somewhere else. It's, it's not, you don't need to move, right? there's nothing forcing you to move, but you're able to move and you, and you want to move. And, and the reason I think that's about half of the transactions is because during the credit crunch, we lost about half of the transactions. So all those people who didn't have to move, didn't move. You know, so, so I, for one, right, working in banking at that point, markets collapsing all around the world, you know, our, our, um, our employment contracts, are, you know, are very short term. So I could be out of a job tomorrow and you know, now's not a time to move house. Whereas, <clears throat> you know, if, if you're in a one bedroom flat and you've just found out you're having twins, you know, you're going to have to move. Mm-hmm. And so there's that, that big difference in terms of um, motivation for moving. So we move forward to the world that we're now in which is inflation rising, yep. concerns that it's going out of control, uh, interest rates rising, looking like they're going to go higher even more because there's some debt to pay back. Yep. Um, what's your view on inflation, housing market and the world that we're in at the moment? Yeah, that's a good one. So we, we put out, we put out um, some forecasts on the 1st of January. So, you know, the hostage to fortune on those. And um, our, our central case on that was that um, bank rate would get to, one percent, and if if we had higher inflation, it would probably get to two percent by the end of this year. I think the Chancellor was saying in an interview a couple of weeks ago that he could see. Oh no, sorry, it's Bank of England saying they could see bank rate at two and a half percent by mid twenty twenty three, which is kind of in line with with where our where our thoughts were. Um, and then your mortgage rates will be you know a percentage um, above that because that's the the rate that kind of sets all the other mortgage rates. I'm still happy with our 5% house price inflation forecast for the year. So house prices to be 5% higher in December 2022 than they were uh, 2021. And now I think they're higher than that at the moment, but I think we'll probably see some some softening uh, in, in the second half of the year as the, as the uh, cost of living stuff kicks in. I think we'll see transaction levels come down a bit. So I think transaction levels will be around the 1, 1.1 million this year rather than the Know, the, the record levels we had the had the year before so I'm, about 2019 levels yeah, yeah 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 and again it, it, you remember from the the chart you know just how stable housing transactions were mm-hmm. 16 17 18 19 around that one 1.1 million level which seems currently to be the natural rate if there is such a thing of of housing transactions um given you know given the current makeup of the housing market and that was the point I was going to make is that people used to say to me, um, which do you prefer a, a rising market or a, or a declining market? Um, I actually did have a press preference, interestingly, which I'll share in a moment, but all I genuinely cared about was transactional volume. That's the only thing that actually makes any difference at all. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, def- definitely for anyone involved in buying and selling houses, it's yeah, you, you make, <laughs> you make a lot more, uh, you do more business selling two houses than selling one really, you know, one more expensive one. So, yeah. Most most agents, um, when they go to value a home, they talk about the customer's needs and they, and quite rightly so, because it's, you know, the customer experience that they're going through. But very few talk about the economy or about external market conditions. Do you actually think that an agent should, that should actually have a grasp and a really good understanding of what's going on in the wider world and the impact it has? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, it's... What would I say? So, I mean, I can see why many people wouldn't, because, as I say, about half the transactions are based on my needs, my, my kind of family and household's needs. So I'm moving 
irrespective of what the housing market is doing because I have to. I think for the other half, the economy stuff becomes, um, with your geek like me, becomes becomes more interesting, right? So if someone's thinking about moving but are not sure, to be able to show them that it's really difficult to make house prices go down, you know, 16 years since 1930, they've gone down, yeah. right? When people say it's now a bad time to be buying and selling, that you know, statistically, no, it's going to be all right. Um, you know, and when you see um, kind of the mortgage rates and the housing transactions, you kind of think, well, you know, is now a good time? Well, there's not. You know, that would suggest there's not a bad time. Um, in in a in a period of rising mortgage rates, obviously, you probably want to lock in sooner rather than later. Um, but but once you've locked in, you know, you're you're hopefully you know for two or five years or maybe ten years, you're you're kind of immune from those from those changes um but we don't see that thoughts about interest rates drive the housing market which is why that picture that chart just looks like random dots everywhere because if it was the case and again that's you know a really long time series and it goes back to 1986 but the if if it was you would see a pattern of you know higher interest rates falling housing transactions but that's not what we see Really, really, really measured answer. I have to say, really good. I mean, personally, I would always want my team to be able to have the capacity to talk about the economy, the influence, the, the effect of the Ukraine war. Yeah. I mean, I, I worked in the Winchester market. You've got a pretty sensible level of customer base. Lots of people that work in the city. So we had to make sure that our delivery was as good as the recipient. Yeah. Um, so you, you play to your marketplace, don't you? Effectively. Absolutely. Um, yeah. We spoke we spoke offline before about inflation and housing markets. And although this year may be slightly different because of external pressures on cost of living, what's your what's your view uh, in general terms with infl inflation and housing market? Yeah, I, I'm probably I've probably got a bit of a contrarian view to most on this, which I'm I'm happy with. Um, in that, you know, the data backs it up. I think so. I've got I've got data going back to 1950 on retail price index and I kind of overlay that with house price inflation <clears throat> and on average over those what 72 years um, the average retail price index average level of inflation has been 5.3 percent and the average house price inflation has been 7.3 percent right so two percent higher on average throughout that whole period so if if, if there is inflation in my mind house prices are more likely to go up than down and more likely to go up more than inflation. And again, there's, there's always there's several reasons why, but the main one is yes, at the moment, it's really painful, right? And, and I get that and I understand that. You've got um, your fuel costs going up, your food costs going up. You know, I, I live in London. I went, <laughs> went out in the car this weekend to see some friends and almost had a heart attack when I filled the car up you know it's like it's truth you know I'm glad I don't have to drive every day and but what will happen over time because it always does is inflation will feed through into pay rises right because you know I've got I've got my staff saying to me look you know the, the I've had a 10% pay cut because of inflation, you know, um, I need to, I, I, you need to pay me more just so I can stand still and that, that will feed through the economy. And as, as we have a pay rise, mortgages are based on our income levels, right? So if you if you have more money being if you if your headline salary goes up, you can borrow more money, right? And again, history shows us that people tend to borrow as much as they can. And so, you know, one feeds, one feeds into the other. So wages go up, 
people will spend more money on housing, house prices um, will go up. And the and the uh, just as importantly, inflation reduces your debt. So you know if and sorry, it's going to be a bit mathsy, but with 10% inflation, £100 um, next year is only really worth £90 today, right? So it, it, it reduces the value of your debt. So, or to look at it another way, as a percentage of your, of your wages, which are going up, it gets ever smaller. And right. so actually inflation is good if you've got a mortgage because it, it helps make that mortgage get small, relatively smaller. Um, and that, so... And just think if your house price is going up, your loan to value is going down so you can get a better mortgage rate, you can borrow more money. So those are the two things. So debt kind of falls, asset prices go up, you can borrow more money. And, you know, banks like lend banks, let's not forget, banks are in the business of lending money, right? They, they make their money <laughs> by lending money. So a, a chief exec of a lending bank doesn't last that long if they say, right, we are not going to lend as much this year. You know, that's like that's like um, the guild saying we're going to give advice as to how to sell fewer homes this year. You know, it's not it's not going to happen because it's yeah. it's not in anyone's interest. No, that's a great it's a great observation. And again, for me, if you're pitching to the right customer, that's exactly the sort of knowledge that an agent should have because it's just it's just great advice and it shows that you know your subject. We should all be the mayors of our town, shouldn't we? Mm-hmm.